What is going on, everybody? One word people, how you doing? Come on, we are a little extra excited today because we got a special guest coming on the show today. It's gonna be awesome. Yes, we are pumped to, to, to bring to you guys our leadership sessions in the first one with the one and only Dr. Richard Blackaby. Woo, come on people, get excited. He's gonna bring a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of insight, a wealth of wisdom today. Just get a pen and paper ready. Come on. Let's go. This uh, this is definitely a leadership giant, especially in the ministry world. He's the president of Blackaby Ministries International. He has authored or co-authored over 35 books. And one of those you guys might be familiar with is Experiencing God. He wrote that with his dad, Henry Blackaby. So, hey, we are psyched to learn from Dr. Blackaby today. So you guys are definitely going to want to buckle up for this one. Let's go. Come on, baby. Just a reminder, our mission is to choose it, rep it, live it. So let's go. Step into leadership today and let's check it out. Here we go. Well, one word listeners, we are joined today by Dr. Blackaby, and we are super excited uh, to have him on with us. We are so grateful for the ministry that he has done for so many countless people um, over the years, and Josh and I both have been able to learn from him um, and from the ministry that he is a part of and that he leads. So Dr. Blackaby, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my privilege to be with you. So, uh, so you're the president of Blackaby Ministries currently, um, mm-hmm. and over the last few years, you've, you've held a lot of different roles um, pertaining to leadership. So if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself to the listeners and telling them a little bit more about what you do, maybe, and, and how you got there. Sure. I, uh, well, my, uh, I guess one of the most influential things in my life is just my father, Henry Blackaby. Uh, Wrote Experiencing God and is uh, just uh, was used uh, for so many years, uh, very very powerfully. And um, and so I grew up in a home with a very ordinary father, and I just kept watching God use him in extraordinary ways. Uh, I I knew how shy he was, how ordinary he was, and yet I'd be with him in the White House, or you know, be with him at United wow. Nations, or and I'd just kind of shake my head and say. I know how ordinary he is. I grew up, he's, he's my dad, you know, but, uh, and yet I just watched what God could do with an ordinary person that was sold out to him. And uh, so I grew up and uh, felt God called me into to be a pastor at one point. And my dad always taught me, he said, God doesn't call you so much to a job as to a relationship. If you just, he calls you to just follow him. And if you follow him, you may end up being a pastor for a while. You may be an author, it could be a business person. Uh, it's not, God doesn't really call you so much to a job as just, just follow him. And if you just stay close to him, it'll be amazing where you end up. <laughs> and wow. so, uh, so at first I thought I was going to be a pastor all my life. And then one day it was very clear. God said, okay, well, I uh, hope you enjoyed that. We're moving on to something else now. And, uh, and I became a president of a seminary for 13 years. And I, I love, I, I love being a pastor. I would have happily stayed doing that the rest of my life. And, uh, and then I love being a seminary president and love where I lived and loved who I work with. Um, great job, great life. And, and I did that for 13 years. And then one day it just became obvious. God was saying, all right, well, that was good too, wasn't it? Now back your bags. We're going to do something different now. And uh, so I became the president of Blackaby Ministries International. And uh, 
And in that job, I'd, I'd, I'd travel and speak all the time, uh, been around the world and met amazing people and, uh, uh, and I write and just have a chance to, uh, you know, really, you're seeing the world, you're in the church, you're talking to people and hearing the needs, and then you have a chance to sit down and just say, God, what, what's your word for these folks? What can, how can I encourage them? And it's a, it's a great way to spend your life just trying to share truth with people that will set them free. And, uh, and you meet amazing people and you see amazing things that God's doing. And, and so that's what I've been doing now, uh, for about, I guess, in my 14th year doing that now. And so one day, and I, I mean, I won't be surprised if one day God shakes it all up again, but, it, you know, you sort of kind of hold on loosely to whatever it is you're doing because uh, you never know when God's going to say, well, that, let's do something else now. Wow, that's awesome. That's a great word to start us off. Yeah, it is. Thanks so much. You talk about um, your dad and the White House and all these different places, and we're wondering... Who are a few of the most influential people that you've ever been in a room with? Well, you know, uh, there's some people that are kind of famous, like, uh, I, you know, I've been in the White House with George Bush when uh, my dad was a honorary chairman, of, uh, a National Day of Prayer chairman, and I was there with him. And uh, a lot of who's who's were there then, uh, James Dobson and Chuck Swindoll and various Christian leaders as well. Uh, Chuck Colson was fun getting to be with him, you know, Franklin Graham and, um, you know, I've been with some world leaders. Uh, I've been in the, the presidential palace in the Philippines, I met with the president and, um, you know, it's funny, some of the people, I, I, I have a, a talk I should develop on famous people I didn't meet. <laughs> I, I went, I, uh, I've had a couple of near misses. I was actually speaking at the Billy Graham training center with my dad and I actually had to cut out uh, half a day early uh, to go to another meeting. And uh, just as I was leaving, uh, B Billy Graham's handler called and said, hey, Billy Graham, I'd love for you you all to come up here and visit with him at his home. And I had just left. So I, I've oh. always went, I, 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 so my dad went up to, and my mom went up to Billy Graham's house and visited with them. And I, I was invited, just, I had a plane to catch. And I I can't even remember where I went now, but I, I I probably would have canceled and <laughs> just gone and spent time with Billy Graham if I'd known. And uh, and I've had a few others. Uh, George Bush's father, George Bush Senior, uh, I, I've had the opportunity to meet with him. But um, I'd been on the road so long, I did the the good husband thing and just came home uh, instead of going staying to go to a banquet where I would have met the press, former president. Then uh, I just thought, hey, I've been gone too long. I need to get home and help my wife with the kids. So. My, my one of my brothers did stay and he met the president and he's always talking about how he has a picture with them that I would have. Had <laughs> so I've got this, I have to just watch that. I don't get bitter over the famous people I could have met if I had, uh, you know, if I didn't miss the opportunity, but, but you know, I've also just met people that are, that are not famous, but probably people of great influence. You know, I remember years ago being in Brazil and uh, met a river boat pastor. He was, he was assigned uh, a stretch of the Amazon River where there were like 88 villages. And his job was to start a church in all 88. Wow. And when I was there, he took me out in a boat and there was one village. Uh, well, he's funny. He, I said, well, how are you doing? He said, well, pray for me. I've got a long way to go still. He said, I've only got 57 villages with a church in them yet. I've, I've got, you know, 31 more to go. And, uh, I thought 57 churches already and, and he would just go up and down the villages and, and meet people and 
one point there was one village with a like a witch doctor that had oppressed uh, the people and threatened them if they showed him any interest or talked to him or showed him any hospitality. He couldn't make any inroads at all. One day he was actually flying a small plane and he was going to go land it on the river by the village. And as he turned around to fly to land into the wind, the, the, the engine went out and he just crashed in the, in the river and uh, knocked him unconscious. He's, he's unconscious there in the, in the plane. Villagers uh, get in their boats and come out and, and saved his life. And he, he, it took him a couple of months just to recover to, so he could go home. They kept him in one of their homes. And when he came to, they asked him, like, why do you keep coming back? We kept rejecting you. We, you know, and he said, well, because I, because I, you, you need to know the truth. I keep wanting you to know the truth. And, and wow. he became known as the, 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 the missionary who fell out of the skies. And, uh, <laughs> and so after he fell out of the sky, they ultimately started listening to him and getting, get, becoming Christians. And he ultimately started church there. And so uh, when I, uh, and, he, and he told me that he had just had the courage to get back in an airplane after that crash uh, just recently. And so, but, you know, he knew that I was a, I, I was a speaker from America and an author. And so he was like, oh, it's such a privilege that you would take time to you know, come and see my little village churches. And, and I'm like, hey, it's my privilege that I could be here with you. You are, you are the hero here, not me. Um, and so, you know, there's people like that, that no one's ever heard their names, you know. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, these are going to, I think when we get to heaven, they'll all be up at the front of the lines, you know. And wow. And That's you'll think the heaven had a different measuring stick for who the, the heavyweights were and the lightweights actually were. Wow. That is, that's good. That's cool, though. That's a, a great story. That the missionary who fell from the sky, that's funny. <laughs> um, okay, so you are someone who has a wealth of experience uh, in leadership and ministry and kind of like where those worlds collide. So we are curious to know, as you look at young leaders um, today and throughout your career, what is one common denominator um, of young leaders that makes them turn out well? Um, or to ask it maybe in a different way, what's a common denominator of young leaders that do really well? Well, uh, if, if the ones who do really well are typically are the ones that keep growing. Yeah, they're, they're teachable. Uh, they're just they want to gain knowledge and wherever they can find it. You know, I would say a lot of young leaders they also have passion, which is great, but I've known some passionate guys that burned out, made, made mistakes or got discouraged along the way. So you need more than passion, but, uh, but the ones that are teachable, uh, the ones, you know, they get around kind of seasoned veterans and they're just asking lots of questions. I, I, I've had some, now I'm, now I'm one of those older guys and, uh, I, but I, I, I love it when these young guys come up and say, hey, could I just sit with you at breakfast this morning while we're at this conference? Or could I, I mean, I've had guys say, could I just drive you to wherever you need to go next and just let me ask you questions while we're in the car together. And just, you know, just creative ways of like, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to just, I know you're a busy guy, but uh, I just, I'd love just to be able to ask you some questions. And people like that, that just keep growing. And especially once they've had some success, I, you know, a lot of people can be teachable until they have some success and then they, don't think they need to learn anymore. Uh, and they, they sort of flatline after a while. But uh, the ones who've been really successful uh, are the ones that, that keep on growing, keep reading, keep listening to podcasts, just, you know, whatever they can do. And 
I'm actually tomorrow I'll be in a meeting in Florida with a bunch of young execs that are all uh, on their way to uh, being used powerfully by God, but uh, they take time three times a year to, to, to fly to where I'm teaching just to spend 24 hours just learning. And they're busy, they're building their careers, but they've just made a commitment to learn any chance they get. And if they can get around some people that have stuff that they need, then they, they go to great lengths to get it. And so I just tell people, you know, if you're teachable, it doesn't matter where you are right now, like what you don't know right now, if you're teachable, you eventually will know it. And if you've made mistakes, if you're teachable, you can overcome your mistakes. Uh, it's just the ones who aren't teachable that mistakes are fatal. But uh, if, if you're teachable, you, some of the best lessons you'll ever learn is after having made a mistake. So teachability sort of is the, the, the special sauce that just uh, helps you face what success or failure and you end up being better, you know, no matter what it is you're, you're encountering. Yeah. Teachability is a special sauce. I like that. That's pretty good. That's awesome. Good stuff. Thanks for sharing all that with us. And I think that's going to be huge for our, our young audience out there. All right. So here's a, a little bit of a, a fun question. If you're baking a cake and that cake is a 25 year old Christian leader, what are three ingredients that you have to have? This, this 25 year old Christian leader can't survive without these three ingredients. Well, I'd say dependability on God, uh, dependence on God. Uh, John 15, 5 is, uh, has one of the most uh, unbelieved verses in the whole Bible. It, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm. A lot of young uh, leaders especially don't believe that. They, they've got lots of energy and zeal, enthusiasm, and and they're, they're willing to work hard. And But I would say, but Jesus said, when you're not depending on him and abiding in him, you can't do anything. Mm. And most people don't believe that. But... Jesus said it, so you have to take that up with him. And uh, I just find the people that make it, uh, that if they're really going to have success, they've got to understand what Jesus meant when he said that. How do you live your life in constant dependence upon him all the time? And, uh, you know, second kind of related one is just humility. Uh, I've seen really, really, some of the most gifted people, most brilliant people I've ever met have been ones who failed because they were prideful. They pride just sabotaged all the giftedness that they had and uh, instead of asking for advice instead of heeding warnings and counsel they they knew better than everybody else and uh and it, it, and inevitably you know life's just too complicated for anybody to just figure out all on their own you, you need help you need counsel you need prayer partners and uh when, when people try to go it alone even the most brilliant they eventually get to the end of themselves so um you know, humility kind of keeps you in check and makes you keep your feet on the ground. And you yeah. keep your feet on the ground, you can go a long way, you know, um, if, if you'll just not not think too highly of yourself and take yourself too seriously. Um, and probably just kind of the one I just mentioned before is just the desire to keep growing. I, uh, at 25, you can, there's some very, very gifted, talented 25 year olds, but well, I tell you what, the best is still to come, you know, the, the best still lies ahead of you when you're 25. And, um, but if you stop growing at 25, you're basically going to just have the same experience for the next 25 years. Uh, and I would say, no, 20, you may have had an awesome life at, by age 25, but you don't want to just have that same awesome life over and over again. You want to go to places you haven't been yet. You want to experience things you haven't experienced yet. And for that, you have to keep growing. So, um, 
So by the time you're 25, it's not that you need to know everything. It's that you need to have developed such a an approach to life of teachability and humility that now you now you're in a place to really take off. 25 is just getting all the everything in place, um, and from that point on is when you really start to produce fruit that that uh, God's looking for and to change the world. So, uh, you know, I so 25 get get those right attitudes in place, and if at 25, you're humble, you're teachable, you're dependent upon God, and anything is possible then. Mm. Wow. That's really encouraging because I, I, being almost 25-year-old Christian leaders ourselves, the temptation is to like have it now. We want the fruit now um, yeah. and all, all that God has to offer now. But yeah. get it from the lens of we're just getting set up. We're getting ready at the starting line. Waiting for well, it's always, and it, it, you know, it doesn't mean that you guys at 25, you haven't done a lot, you know, and that you, you don't have a lot in place already. I know some amazing 25 year olds that are well on their way to changing the world. But, uh, but I just would say um, there's some things you, you don't take shortcuts with God. You know, it doesn't matter how sincere you are, how hard you work. There are just some things that you just can't take shortcuts with. You, you got to mm-hmm. put the time in. Yeah, and uh, and be faithful over extended periods of time. So you, some things you just there's no shortcut for just time, but uh, but you can put everything in place so you you're getting the maximum out of every year of your life. And I, I raised three kids; they're all now they're just leaving their twenties and then just creeping into their thirties. But uh, uh, but I kept saying to them, you know, the key is um, uh, you, you you just you, you know, my kids were always saying, well, Dad, it's it's good enough. And I would say, no, it's not good enough unless it's God's best. If it's not, if you can't look me in the eye and say, this is the best God could do in my life, then it's not good enough. And wow. so, you know, I, 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 for me, like, I just felt like, so I've never arrived. Every year, I think this is the best year I've ever had yet, but I know God could still do better. So, I'm, so I got to keep going, you know, and the next year is even better year I, and more success. But I know in my heart, there's we're scratching the surface yet of what God could do. So I got to keep going. And so at 25, you just haven't arrived yet. You you may have had a great journey so far, but God's laughing and saying, I hope you're not satisfied with that because I barely even got you going at this point. Come on. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. So good. That's some good stuff. All right, Dr. Blackaby, I think this will be our last question for today, but here it is. If you could talk to a young leader who is just – dying to know how to lead from the bottom of an organization, what would you tell them? Well, you know, my, I had a, my philosophy just in how I led when I was just a young person starting out, there was a simple uh, principle that I, I've tried to always live by. And that is if you're faithful in a little, God will give you more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we've got a big dream about big things we're going to do. But the way God operates is just be faithful in the little that God's given you. And he, and he promised you, he'll give you more. Now, that doesn't always mean you end up being the CEO of your company, but it does mean that in God's economy, he, he, he's going to entrust you with a little and, and then he watches to see what you do with it. And so, you know, you maybe, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, when I was starting out, I was, I was, I started at the bottom of several organizations, uh, work in a graveyard shift, the lowest job on the totem pole. And I just tried to do the best I could. And, um, and, 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 I, and I'd have people say, Richard, you, you don't have to do that. No one will ever know if you did or not, or like, it doesn't matter. I, I'd say, well, I will know. And mm-hmm. like, 
when I walk out of the office every day, I want to feel like I honored God by what I did today. Mm. And uh, every solitary place I ever worked, uh, I always got promoted. I always had people coming to me and asking for me to give input on things that way beyond my pay grade, you know, just, and so I, I just tell people, don't wait, don't think you have to wait till you're at the top to be a person of influence. Uh, you can you can immediately be a person of influence. It may only be with one other guy you work with uh, right now, but um, influence them well. You know, I, I always think about Joseph. Uh, Joseph's in jail uh, in the Bible, um, and and he's just trying to be a good prisoner. I mean, how talk about the, the bottom of the of the of the rung, but but pretty soon the the, the head guard is notices he's responsible, puts him in charge, and then he and then one day too you know, new inmates show up and he just tries to encourage them, you know, and bless them. And the next thing you know, they're telling him their dreams and their problems. And he's trying to just help them out, encourage them and has no idea that being a good inmate uh, for a crime he didn't even commit is going to put him in number two guy in the whole country. But that's how it works. So, so I just say, don't skip any steps. Don't, don't obsess over the top. Just focus on doing really well at the bottom. And uh, the next thing you know, you won't be at the bottom very long. Uh, and and uh, I just find those are the best leaders. The, the, the leaders who get promoted too quickly, they don't have time to mature and grow and be responsible. Uh, but I, I love starting at the bottom and just letting God take me as high as he wants to. Because then you've gone through all the steps, and you've grown, you've paid your dues, you, you know the organization, you know what it's like to be at the bottom. So if God puts you at the top, you know how to treat those kind of people. Mm. And uh, so, it, you know, God has his ways of doing things and you can trust him. You know, his ways always work. And uh, the world's ways are full of gimmicks and shortcuts and they often lead to disappointment. So don't if God puts you at the bottom, just praise God and say, hey, if you can't trust me at the bottom, why on earth would he trust me at the top? So just do well at the bottom and, and you'll justify God moving you to the next level. And. Any place God has you is a good place to be. So wow. wherever God has you right now, just thank him for it and honor him in how you function in the place he puts you. Wow. That's wow. some good stuff. It is. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Blackaby. And I also wanted to extend like a personal thank you to you for your work in experiencing God. I know that was you and your father, but yeah. that's touched my life. I've gone through that oh. several years of my life. And we just want to say thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, thanks. To just be an example of someone who doesn't feel like they've ever arrived. Um, I know yeah. that. Uh, yeah, if you've ever started to think that, I just talked to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's good. Yeah. Hey, well, it's exciting to see what God's doing with you guys. I, you know, I, you, you obviously you're doing lots already, but um, I suspect the best days are still still lie ahead of you. And uh, so, you know, it's great when you can kind of journey a bit together, have someone else kind of help help you grow together. I. God's always put people around me that kind of journeyed with me and it kind of kept my feet in the ground, kept me motivated when I was going through hard times. And uh, so you're blessed to do that. looks like you guys have a lot of good stuff in place early on. And that, that bodes well for the future, for sure. All right. Well, thank you. 
Man, what a gift to be able to hear from Dr. Blackaby today. We are so honored that he joined us on the show, and we hope that you guys enjoyed it as well. Yes, if you want more from Dr. Blackaby, make sure you go to blackaby.org. He's got all of his resources there, including his own leadership podcast and a library of books to choose from. Yes, uh, he's got some great stuff, but hey, we also want you guys to be aware of what we have at One Word. Um, if you don't have a shirt yet to choose, rep, and live, we want to make sure you guys get hooked up with one. Check out www.onewordbrand.com for that. And make sure if you enjoy our podcast, you subscribe to us, leave us a review, and share it with some of your friends. Stay tuned. We got more leadership sessions coming your way. Love you guys. Have a good one.